We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Business Matters presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello and today we're joined by Joel Rare, an owner, founder, CEO, and so much more. So Joel, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, Joe. So Joe's an underground entrepreneur who's been making waves in the virtual assistant industry and the wedding booking system, and we'll get into it, how those two connect, and we'll explore, uh, love to explore sort of your journey into where you are today. So um, Joe, I want to start off as... <laughs> Uh, you describe yourself as an underground entrepreneur. Can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah. So, I mean, until recently, you know, I'm not big on social media. Um, I, I'm, I mean, personally, I'm still not. My team runs kind of everything. Um, I build businesses in silence. So I don't, you know, I don't post and tell everybody what I'm up <laughs> to and all that stuff. And usually somebody finds out that we're even building a new business when the business launches. And, you know, that includes people within my company and people in my finance division. And they go, okay, he's allocating resources somewhere. What are we doing? And then they'll find out later. Um, I just kind of keep it quiet and I go and I, you know, try to build new things and try to get excited about, you know, something where I think I could solve a problem in the market. And, you know, my mission is hopefully that, you know, we make enough mistakes early so that we have success, <laughs> you know, on the back end. Interesting. So what yeah. drove you to this entrepreneurship is it, was it in the family? Like did your parents, like what drove you to kind of being in this space? Yeah. So I, I mean, I've kind of always been an entrepreneur, um, from the start, you know, I did the, you know, we did the lemonade stands. We sold stuff out of our right. garage, like anything we could find to sell. We always, we always did that. My kids now are doing the same thing, but, uh, for me where it really, really drove home was, I think I was 17 or 18. I was no, I was 17. So I wasn't out of high school yet. Rich dad, poor dad had just come out. And I read that book um, on a trip to visit some family in Canada. And we, uh, I, I think I read the book like four times during the trip. And I just read it over and over and over. And it really like ingrained in me, entrepreneurship is my path. And so aside from, you know, serving tables while I was going to school and doing stuff like yeah. that, I have always been an entrepreneur. I've always owned companies. And uh, I, you know, built and sold my first company. I was 22 years old when I sold it. And um you know, it's been off to the races ever since. Interesting. You mentioned you have family in Canada. Whereabouts in Canada did you visit? Uh, Manitoba. So Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where my grandparents were were from. But uh, yeah, they're both past now. But oh, yeah. interesting. There's a connection to Canada. I love it. Um, yeah. So you're, you hired your first virtual assistant, I think, in 2008. And I think it, I read somewhere and you haven't, there hasn't been one day ever since that you haven't had a virtual assistant. So correct. What, where did that start? Like what motivated you to start your virtual assistant sort of space? And can you speak a little bit how that's transformed your business? Because I know that's a real big part of how you're growing your operations. So, uh, well, another book, um, okay. I, had been, I, I had been in the real estate industry after I sold my first business, I was investing in real estate. I was really young and dumb and I didn't really, I didn't invest right at all. And, uh, when the market crashed in 08, uh, I got annihilated and I lost literally everything. And, um, so then I was trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do next? And, you know, I think, oh, nine, uh, yeah, I guess it was still 08 or, or around there. Um, 
Yeah, it was actually the middle of 08. I moved to San Diego and was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and said, or not Rich Dad Poor Dad, excuse me, uh, the four hour work week. And that's how I was introduced to, you know, uh, virtual assistants. And then there's another book uh, called The World is Flat. And the Mm -hmm. concept is, is that everybody is everywhere because of the internet. And so we can all work in any place that we choose at any time, just because of, you know, accessibility. And so I decided to build a business exactly out of the four hour work week and built one of those uh, e-commerce online businesses hired some virtual assistants to run the company. And after not too long, um, I was spending time in Costa Rica. I was surfing and <laughs> kind of hanging out. And, and that was like my, that was like my dip into, into the space of virtual assistants and using and realizing how they can allow me to have freedom. And so that was like my first taste into it. And today my core company is a virtual assistant services company. And so what we do is actually provide the exact services that I've used forever. We provide those to other small businesses. And um, now to this day, I own six businesses. They're all basically digital. And my virtual assistant teams run those businesses 100%. So I get to, yeah, so I get to position myself as a strategic advisor and I'm an investor in my companies. And so my job is to stand above the businesses, evaluate where we want them to go, make, you know, make my advisory strategic direction and then deploy resources where they need to go. And that's my role. Interesting. So level nine that's behind you, that's the virtual assistant business, correct? Yes. Yep. Level nine virtual. So how does, how, like what makes that your level nine sort of unique to other virtual assistant companies out there? Cause there, you know, you can, there's lots of I say lots. There's other ones that are, you can just get a virtual assistant, but where does your space, like where do you own your space in that? So ours being a little different on some of the services we actually offer. So we actually have kind of two major legs of the company, which is dedicated VAs. You want them to work within your business and okay. it's it's somebody dedicated to you. The other side of it is we actually do project-based stuff. Just like if you went to Upwork or Fiverr, the only difference is, is that we have staff hundreds and hundreds of people who have done every project you can imagine a hundred times over. So it eliminates the need to go to a Fiverr or to go take a shot with a VA and try to figure out if they can even do what they say, or if they even can do the project that you're putting in front of them. We no longer, you no longer have to do that. We do these every day for companies all around the world. And we've done thousands. And I I forget how many we, we, we hit, we hit over a hundred thousand projects just over the past year. And so, and it's continuously growing. And so um, one other aspect that makes us very different is just the way that we vet our VAs, the way that we actually build our teams, and then what support we offer within our ecosystem that's just so different than everybody else. The culture, you know, the, the coaching, the advanced training, you know, the upward mobility for our team. Um, and, and where they get to go and build a career, they can work with our company literally for the rest of their lives if they choose to. And so we're not a freelance support company. If somebody's right. a freelancer, they don't get to work here. That's not what we do. You have to be somebody dedicated to a career. You want to you know, instill yourself in the vision of the company and what we want to accomplish. And if you can't align yourself with that, then they don't get to work here. That helps carry over to our clients because they already have that mindset and they can adopt that within somebody else's business as well. And it, it turns them into just a very, very core key player in their, in their company. 
So I'm curious, how, how do like how involved are you to make sure that they're delivering not your brand, right? Because you're, you know, you go to your website, you're very much. I know you're, you don't like to be the face, but you know, you're on no, your brand, course, right? You're on now, yeah. obviously, which makes sense. So how do you make sure you have they're delivering on what you want? Like how involved are you on that coaching side or or the mentorship side? So I used to be heavily involved in that side of things. And now we've put a good enough, you know, a really great management team in place that knows the vision, knows the brand, knows the, you know, the integrity of the company and what I believe thoroughly and what Mm -hmm. I want to see come out of people and what I want to offer as a company to people in their careers, but also to our clients as a service. And so it's, it's all, it's, it's all trickle down. And everybody's, you know, my team has done such a great job of just, they've been around for a long time. You know, they've gotten to right. know me long enough. And I think I've beat my, my ideas into their head <laughs> enough to where they can go execute on them. Interesting. So I'm curious, you said you have six businesses. Do you have multiple, does each of the businesses have a separate team or do you have one team that kind of works on all six of them? Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So okay. some people, some people cross over, right? So I have somebody in operations who really oversees and she's involved in all of them. Um, We have sometimes if it's graphic design or if it's, you know, development, things like that, we'll leverage the exact same team. But when it comes to sales, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to some of those things, those are all dedicated to each individual company. Interesting. So what do you look for? You mentioned sort of, you don't want people that are freelancers. So what do you look for when you're building a team? Like, you know, especially given that they operate in various industries and stuff. So what are some of the qualities that you're looking for when you bring somebody on? Yeah. So a lot of times it it begins just with their hunger to Mm -hmm. provide. Right. And so they should be service focused. They should be uh, somebody who's interested in actually performing to a, a level that, um, they never feel satisfied. They always want to grow. They always want to continue to excel and they want to get better and they want more, right. they want more opportunity and they want more training. Those are some of the very simple characteristics. And then, you know, then we get into skill set. and what have they done and how have they done it? How, how has their experience been? How deep is their experience? It's okay if somebody doesn't have a ton of experience, but we're going to create the opportunity for them to have it. And so that's one of the, I guess that's another area that we've been unbelievably successful is when we recruit and we bring somebody in and they can align with the values of the company, the characteristics we're looking for, but they don't have the experience, we can bring them in and let them work in our project-based services where they're doing one-off projects for clients and they can get their feet wet and they can get good at working with our team. They can get good at using project management systems. So we put them through our own systems first and give them time to develop and get get them time to get better. Then we can pass them and uh, allow a client to hire them direct. And how do you keep like, because I, I assume the virtual assistants are all over the place. So yeah. how do you keep them? They're not sitting in an office somewhere. So how do you keep they're them home. Engage, engaged, motivated? Like, how, how does that work? Like, and I know it's the challenge right now through COVID, more people are working remotely anyways. But how, how do you find that you keep your team motivated and engaged? It might be more of a what I'm yeah. looking for when they're not uh, um, when they're not in one office with you. So our HR department is really, really effective at understanding what their, you know, what an individual person's needs are. And I think that if you're matching their needs and you're understanding where they're trying to go and what they're trying to accomplish and the things that they actually value, and we continuously drive towards making sure that they have those things. So whether it's, you know, a lot of people want to say, Hey, it's just money. Well, that's not necessarily true. Guess what? 
if I give somebody an extra two days to go take a trip with their family, that for a lot of people is way higher on the value ladder, you, right. you know, than just giving them an extra bonus. Yeah. And so the time sometimes is better. So we're getting, and, and we're not perfect by any stretch, but we're getting sure. really, really um, effective at understanding somebody's values, trying to provide that exact thing that they're looking for so that they are excited to come back and come to work. They know that we're going to take care of them. We've got their back. And then we also do events. And so we try to do, you know, the beginning of the year, we always have a kickoff party. Um, halfway through the year, we're going to do something, you know, as like a summer bash, um, right. you know, and then, you know, towards the end of the year, we're doing holiday stuff and all that. And so we're trying to keep people engaged as much as we can. It is challenging, but that's also why we have an HR division that focuses directly on, you know, staying in touch with, with each team member, making sure that they're feeling great and they're excited and all those things. So what yeah. did, I'm curious, what does level nine stand for? Where does the name come from? So uh, my VA is actually one, one of my VAs at one point, um, the, she was into numerology and okay. so threes and nines are like power numbers and they're, they're very unique numbers and they have hold a lot of, a whole lot right. of power. And um, so, you know, we were talking about, you know, level this and something else. And um, <laughs> it came, the nine came up through and I forget, I, I somebody asked that again. I said, I was going to look it up. The, the number nine uh, in numerology is like pretty powerful and got there's it, a lot of things it. with it. And so it had, that's what it, that's where it came from. Awesome. Cool. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, um, I know you have multiple business. One that really stuck out to me is sort of the wedding industry. How did you get into that? Like, where did that come from? It seems like a, I get the, the technology <laughs> side, right? Yeah. I get that side of it, but why the wedding industry? Where did, where did that opportunity come from? So that actually came because of a bad situation and that's how we ended mm. up there. So I had an agency and I was, you know, I, I was the VA guy, right? We had virtual assistants that ran my businesses. I owned an agency that did everything for everybody, everything. Somebody says, Hey, can you help us with shooting a commercial? I'm like, well, we don't have any camera equipment. Let me hire a, a videographer, <laughs> let me buy camera equipment. And then now we'll yeah. be able to shoot commercials and we'll be able to do that. And we, I was running a company with about 27 US based employees, 13 uh, VAs. And really at the end of the day, I wasn't making any money. I, uh, we lost two of our key clients that were about 40% of all of our revenue. Uh, our business development person was not developing any business and we just continued you know, to kind of just, you know, lose money, lose money. And I was personally taking on debt to pay payroll. Mm -hmm. And so over time, um, you know, I had a good friend that, uh, that kind of became like a, an advisor and a mentor to me. Um, and he said, look, you need to shut down your agency. You're losing money. And I, I'm like, you know, we're like two, three clients from getting back to where yeah, we were. Yeah, like we can get right. it. And, um, you know, at the time I, you know, I asked him, I'm like, well, what are you doing in revenue for your business, for his agency? Yeah. And, um, he had told me, he says, you got to close down your agency. And then, you know, at the time we were doing, you know, mid six figures a month, but we had super high overhead and he was doing like 60 grand a month, but he had a team of three. Yeah. And so his margins, he was making more money than me, even though he was doing a third of the the revenue, you know? And so as I was kind of, th I, I thinking through it, I'm like, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't shut this down. I'm like, that's crazy. All these no. people are going to be unemployed. We'll get it. And about six, seven months later, I'd just been suffering. I'm now a quarter of a million dollars in debt. And um, I see him on a, in an interview and he wasn't doing 60,000 a month anymore. He was doing 400,000 a month. And, and his team was still about the same size. And so I'm like, wait a minute. So I text him, I'm like, okay, tell me what you did. What'd you do? And he goes, you didn't listen to me, did you? And I was like, no, you're right, I didn't. And so a day or two, I forget how many days it was, but um, I actually, we, I fired everybody. 
closed down the office, uh, decided, okay, I got to start over. He did give me one other piece of advice that I thought was fascinating is he said, you know, with all of your clients trying to choose a niche, you know, his advice mm. was one niche, do one thing for one niche, right? And do it better than everybody else. Yeah. And he said, on a Sunday, you're hanging with your family. If every single client called you, who would you pick up the phone for? I'm like, whoa, uh, one, I know one. And that's because we're killing it for him. And I know he's not going to call and complain. Right. And so that happened to be a wedding venue owner who, uh, in, in retrospect, he was also one of my best friends. Yeah. But he uh, he had a business that was you know successful. Uh, it took me four years to convince him to let me help him grow. And um, it was four years and then one night of a lot of beers. And then finally he yeah. said, yes, I'll let you run a campaign. And we just, we did amazing for him. And within 14 months, we doubled the size of his business. And uh, shortly after that, um, when I closed down the agency and I said, what industry am I going to go in? That was the one. It was wedding venues. I'm like, this is, we can replicate this to yeah. as many businesses as possible and many venues as we want. This is where we should, I should spend my attention. And then I took one virtual assistant and I said, okay, you're my prospecting person. Your job is to get me in front of as many venue owners as possible. Yeah. That's your only job. If they reply and they start a conversation back, I will handle it. I'll close the deal. All I right. need you is to tee me up. Yeah. So he had one job and that was it. And then from there, we went from one client, basically three grand a month yeah. to 109,000 a month in four months. Crazy. And that was the scale. And then I said, okay, I can do this again. And we replicated it again. Another four months later, we doubled it. And then I said, okay, hold on. The virtual assistant company we're kind of dabbling with, we're not really doing anything. We can do the same model with that. And then we did that yeah, and the yeah. company exploded. Love it. That's yeah. awesome. So how do you, so I'm curious, how do you describe, like you, you have a lot going on, lots of different verticals you work with, but how do you describe your business style? Like what, if someone asked you, like what type of person are you a day-to-day -day in business? What, what would you say? I'm a strategic advisor and an investor. That's it. Are you, like, a, do you, do you consider yourself a great leader? Like, are, are you, do, no. you, do you, are you, do you lead? No, hmm. no. What's interesting is that I've, I've come to terms because, you know, growing up sports and, you know, I'm a quarterback, I'm a, a I'm yeah. a point guard. And like my role, you know, was yeah. leading. I was yeah. a team leader. Yeah. When I got into business, I thought it would just translate effectively. Now I can be the, I guess the, the, in the hierarchy at the top of the, the chain, but what I got really, really, um, I guess what I came to understand about myself is I'm not effective managing teams of people. What I'm okay with is I'm taking leadership roles and I'm helping them and, and guiding them to make sure that they're effective in what they do. But personally, like I can't manage, I can't manage lots of people. That's what. I, you know, I love the, the rocket fuel, uh, you know, kind of yeah, um, yeah. the right. visionary and the, and the integrator, I have to have an integrator in my business. And in fact, I have multiple of them in different roles, but I'm the visionary and I want to go start something, get it off the ground, get it going. Everybody else now take it over. And now I'm off to whatever stupid idea I have next. Interesting. So how do you, I know I mentioned, like, I know one of the, your, your motivators is family. I yep. you know, right when I was reading your about, so how do you, how do you balance that? Is is it through the virtual assist? How do you ba balance the demands of like your businesses, the entrepreneur? And, and I assume there, I, maybe I'm wrong, you're the type of person you're thinking about business all the time, even though when you're not in business, maybe not, you're looking, thinking of ideas or looking and then family life. How do you balance those two? 
well, my companies are run by virtual assistants. So I have an obnoxious amount of free time. And I, in the winter, one of the reasons I'm excited that it's a possibly about to snow (laughs) in the next month is I snowmobile daily in the winter. In the summer, we're camping, we're side by sides and hiking, like all of those things. Um, But like, I never miss a single thing for my kids. Mm -hmm. So whether it's horseback riding, if it's uh, my kids, you know, one of them is doing volleyball right now. Um, So it's like, okay, day's over. Like my kids are gone. We're, you know, uh, going to an event, going to practice, going to sleeping. I'm on it. And, you know, that is, that is the only thing that motivates me. Now I'll say that with a caveat, because right now we just launched another company about two and a half months ago. I'm still in the weeds of this business. Right. Right. So we're, we're just getting it going. And, you know, like I told, uh, you know, the team that's working on it, Hey, when it starts snowing, like I'm out. So we we have, (laughs) we have about 60 days of my attention left and the business has to be fully operational. It has to be fully run by a team and it needs to, you know, grow. Now I'll step in and give advice and deploy resources. But the goal has always been to build businesses around the lifestyle that I want. The lifestyle that I want is to be able to provide for my family. It's, you know, financial freedom, time freedom, all of those things. So that's how we're able to do it is using virtual assistants to run the entire company. Love it. Love it. That's great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, failure is important. It, it, yes. I was reading, I was watching a podcast. And I love that. Um, we, we There's an event that locally here that happens about one, uh, maybe once or twice a year. It's called F Up Nights, where you come and you share about your business time that you really effed up and what you learned from it. So can you share maybe one of your big F ups and let me know, like what yeah. did you learn from it? What comes to mind? Yeah. So um, one of them that was actually team related was I had a very high level person in my company. Uh, she was a virtual assistant, but she was still, you know, to me, she was at the highest, highest level of management. Um, my belief was that I, we should be driving her to become an executive, like mm. literally an executive right. level. C-suite type person. And that's where I was pushing. And I was trying to drive her towards that, not recognizing that it wasn't in her best interest or her, her core skill set to step into that role. And I could not understand it because it was like obvious to me that she should be able to move up into this role. She should actually get equity in the company, all of these things. And I, I believed that that's what she wanted too. And so as we're saying, hey, all we need is you to do X, Y, and Z to, you know, move yourself out. And there was friction and complete resistance in executing. And I could not figure it out. It it was dumbfounded. And then I started getting (laughs) very frustrated because I'm like, I need you here. We have somebody to take this role. Like what is going on? And it drove me crazy. And we ended up losing her. And she actually ended up moving on and doing something else. And I, and it was my fault because I didn't recognize that I was, asking something that was completely out of alignment with what she wanted. And so it was a huge void that, you know, we lost, like it created a gigantic void yeah. in the company. And so it's one of the biggest lessons I think I've ever learned. I, uh, I'm not happy I went through it, but I'm right. happy we learned coming out on the back end. I'm happy that we learned through it. So how do you make your, Ties like how do you make decisions then? Like I'm curious, what's your decision making process? Are you more, do you more rely on like data, intuition? Like how how are you making decisions then? Like so that? so it's funny that you say that. We just had uh, my finance manager and I just sat down about a month ago, 
And part part of our discussion was that we're not making enough decisions based on data. Mm. Um, I've been very, very effective at making decisions. I always like to, my, my wife thinks this is so annoying, but I need like 10% of all the information to make a decision, mm. which is good and bad, but it also lets me move faster than everybody else. Cause while everybody's trying yeah. to collect yeah. and get to 80% of their, their information, yeah. I pull the trigger, I fail and realize what yeah. does or doesn't work. Then we move and we keep going. So I'll try things eight, 10 times before somebody tries once. And so I think that's, mm. that's a good thing. However, we should be doing it with a better view of data rather than just me pulling the trigger so fast. And so we just had a meeting and the theme of our meeting was literally data-driven decisions. Interesting. And shifting <laughs> back and going, okay, let, let's stop running this with Joe's intuition and my, you know, my riskiness. Like, yeah. you know, now we're at a stage, we're at a level in, in the size of the company that we need to start making some, maybe some more effective choices that, <laughs> you know, that, that are data-driven. Instead yeah. of being so focused on, hey, let's move fast, you know. Interesting. So yeah, so, so do you, you ask that question, <laughs> Joe? Do you have someone that you consider a mentor or you talk to when you have decisions like that, though? Like do, you mentioned your, you know, accountant. Oh, oh, tons these, of like, people. Who, so do, yeah. is there one person you consider a mentor though, or not? Or so, do you, you kind of draw on from everybody? I'm drawn from a few people. Um, okay. Uh, so if it comes to making financial decisions, uh. That this is this is kind of a double-edged sword. So my finance manager is super, super conservative with money. And I'm <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm not like yeah, I'll yeah. I'll push and pull, go and and be like, it's okay if we lose and and we'll make it up yeah. here. Like, and I'm okay with some of those risks. <laughs> and uh, that's another reason I think that one of my other mentors, who's one of my best friends, and the person in the wedding industry who um who later then gave me equity in his venue, he, you know, he we we've done tons of business deals together. And so he's somebody I know I can bounce an idea off of and get a completely crazy perspective that I probably didn't think of, mm. you know? And so, um, he's somebody that I, that I also lean on. And then I have somebody here that's uh, that's local to me. Who's, um, highly, highly successful. He doesn't know he's a mentor. Uh, he's a friend of mine. We snowmobile together. And, um, whenever we do we're together, I just drill him with questions <laughs> and things and he's just built really, really successful companies. And he's built, you know, he has an amazing real estate portfolio, which is what, you know, I'm interested in as well. So he's somebody I ask as well. Yeah. Love it. So you mentioned you have a new venture that you just launched. What's next for you? Are you focusing on this venture? Cause winter season's coming and you got to yep. be sledding or, or, or so winter season's done. What's next for you then? Um, that's a good question. I mean, during this whole time, what, what I want the freedom to do is actually to evaluate real estate investments. Mm, and so okay. we're constantly focused on some, um, on buying properties and, right, and right. in, you know, if there's value adds that we can create in those and long-term rentals and short-term rentals and all that, um, we do have our eyes on, on a few properties that we're kind of working on. And so we'll see how that goes. And those will take us through most of the winter and then, um, we'll see what happens in the spring. I don't know. <laughs> Love it. So, so if someone's listening and wants to connect with you, what's the best way? You say you're not much of a social person, so a social media person. What's the best way for someone to connect with you? Uh, Level9virtual.com, uh, okay. the number nine. And then joe yeah. at level9virtual.com is my email. And that you can, you know, I don't check my email first. My assistant does, Yeah, yeah. which is great. But, you know, if you said, hey, I saw you on, you know, the Business Matters podcast or something like that, like, we'll, they'll make sure that I get it. And that's, uh, you know, that's always nice. Love it. Well, Joe, thanks for spending some time with me this morning. I know um, 
it sounds like you're you're getting ready for your winter season. So I love it. I hope I, so. I hope people are, <laughs> hope yeah. people are listening and and maybe give them some thought, like think differently about your business. That's what I hope they get out of today. Cause I think I love how you sort of reinvented your business and, 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 you know, you saw that once something wasn't working, you pivoted and you found this, you know, maybe a lot of people don't think about using virtual assistants. And I, I love that model. And I know that we didn't spend much time, but how it integrates into all the other lines of business to do. So absolutely for sp spending some time and hopefully someone, you know, maybe we, someone might think differently about their business after listening to this. Definitely. Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining me and everyone else. Thank you for joining me and uh, hope uh, everyone has a great day. Thanks. Everyone. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.